Hey there, my name is Tyler Morningstar, and I'm here with my co-host and mom, Carrie Morningstar. This is the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. This podcast is focused on all things real estate related in and around the Fort Wayne area. We'll also touch on some community events and some community outreach as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, welcome to the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. It is I, Tyler Morningstar, with... Hey, Carrie Morningstar with Century 21 Bradley. And this is a podcast that's dedicated to Fort Wayne and the surrounding areas where we give you insight on the real estate process, tips, tricks, local community things, and everything Fort Wayne. So we have a special guest, like promised, today. And who is it? It is Michelle Smickens with VIP Mortgage. She's been in the business a long time, and we are friends. So that's an important factor as well. And I'm going to let her do the rest of her introduction, like the number of years she's been in business and what she can do for you. Thanks, guys, for having me here today. I'm really excited. The world of mortgages is quite the exciting thing to talk about. I probably will put everybody to sleep, so I apologize up front. But um, I have been in the mortgage industry for 25 years, so I have seen a lot. Well, we brought Michelle in because what we've been doing, Michelle, is we've been trying to walk people through the buying process and what that takes. And obviously the first step is you'll talk to a real estate agent like us, and then we'll refer you to people who are we trust for lending, and like yourself. So that kind of segues into why is it important to talk to a lender? The reason I think it's important is there can be a lot of information that people think they know about, you know, in getting a mortgage, and yet they're just there's so much information. And as a professional, we're going to know all of those things to share with the client, get them educated on all the different aspects of getting qualified. Um, Do they have the right credit? Do they have the right income? You know, it can be kind of scary for someone who doesn't know those answers. And we're going to try and answer those questions for them. I know one thing for sure, when you're writing an offer for a buyer, Uh, Right now, because of the way our industry is and what's happening in our market, everyone wants to see a pre-approval letter. And a pre-approval letter, well, Michelle, that's why you're here. I'm going to let you tell everybody (laughs) what a pre-approval letter is. I would be happy to. So the pre-approval letter, there's, I guess, different stages. Um, You'll hear people talk about pre-qualification, which all that is is just you telling me kind of what you make for an income and kind of what you want for a payment. And I say, yeah, you kind of might be able to do that. The pre-approval letter means we've gone one step further. We've looked at your credit. We've actually looked at pay stubs, and we know truly what you make as income. We've looked at your bank statements. So we've just verified by looking at actual documentation. So it's a more um, formal type of approval. And then once an offer is accepted, then we go into full loan approvals after that point. You know, the other thing, too, is I've had people that say, you know, things are a little bit different. Maybe it's because of the age or so forth that they said a lot of people want to take application online. Is that safe? I'm giving them a lot of information, and I don't know if it's out there. And that's probably my age group that's saying it. <laughs> but they'll say, hey, you know, let's uh, do we have can we meet with somebody in person? Does it have to be online? How does that work, Michelle? 
It honestly is at your preference. We can do anything, or at least I can do it at either direction. Uh, my company has a lot of technology available so that if you are comfortable with doing online, we've got all those aspects. You can put in all your information. We try, obviously, to do our very best to make sure that is 100% secure, but who knows? These, these people that are out there trying to gain information get smarter and smarter. Um, but we would definitely talk to you over the telephone do it that way. Or even in COVID times, we can still meet with you in person, either over a Zoom message um, or in our office. Um, we do require masks, though. So. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. Well, I think, and we're going to get into some more of the weeds here, but let's kind of do a general overview of the process. So let's say I'm pre-approved, okay? My offer gets accepted, okay? What's the next step for me as a buyer? The next step is that we want to then really narrow in on um, making sure that the loan is set up how you're comfortable. Do we have the right loan type set up for you? Um, we're going to zero in on interest rates, um, making sure that we get you know, the best interest rate on the best day and look at that. And then we'll make sure we also have all of your documentation up to date as far as pay stubs and bank statements. People have asked me once they've taken an application and they've locked into their interest rate and they see the interest rate goes down, what happens about that? That is a really tricky one um, because, and this a lot of people don't realize, interest rates are a part of the stock market. So I always relate it back to clients. You know, if you were going to buy stock on the stock market, and you bought it, you bought the, you know, Amazon stock today at $20 a share. Well, well, tomorrow, let's say it went down to $15 a share. Is Amazon going to let you rebuy it? Unfortunately, they don't. Um, and so that's the tricky part about interest rates is that it's kind of once you've bought, you've bought. Um, there are little tricks to trade. We can sometimes, if there is a major reduction in rate, um, we usually say a quarter percent or more. We have ways to kind of work around that. Um, but it is definitely, it's not just a given that we can just automatically go get the lower rate. What are rates at today? They are low, well, low, well, today, low. Well, today, well, today is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. I want to make yes. sure we, we say that. <laughs> so what are the rates today? Today... They are ranging anywhere from probably 2.625 up to 3%. So, Michelle, earlier you touched base on what types of loans work best for individuals. Can you kind of touch all those different types of loans that you, uh, maybe the general loans, then we'll get into special stuff later? Absolutely. Um, there really are only four different types of mortgages that are out there. Um, there's different variations kind of underneath that, but there's the four main types. You have a conventional loan, which is for your more conservative buyer. They're going to require higher credit scores, larger down payments. They're just going to look at things a little bit more conservatively. Not always for all of our first-time home buyers, um, more for like people that are buying their second and third homes. Then you've got your FHA loan. FHA stands for Federal Housing Authority. And the government kind of backs this type of loan in that it's kind of geared towards first-time home buyers, but it's a more lenient program to help more people get into homes. Um, they only require smaller down payments. They are more lenient on credit scores, things of that nature, also on credit items. We also then after that um, have what's called our USDA mortgage. That is a loan that is only available if you're going to purchase a home in what the government considers a rural area. 
and it depends on how close you are to population. Like here in Allen County, we have very few spots that USDA is eligible. But if you step outside of Allen County, 100% of the loans qualify. So that's kind of a nice tidbit. And then for our service uh, men and women that have served in the military, we have the VA loans. And the VA loan is probably one of the best loans, but you do have to have military service behind you to qualify for it. Can you share with us the down payments or down payment options for each of those loans? Sure. Yep. Um, let's go back to the conventional. We'll go in kind of the same order. On the conventional loans, typically the minimum down payment is 5%. However, if you are a first-time home buyer and have never owned a home in the last three years, so first-time home buyers is only if you've not owned in the last three years, then you can do a minimum of 3% down. So there's kind of a benefit there. If you go to FHA loans, they're going to be a minimum of 3.5% down. And then USDA loans and VA loans are zero down payment. Is it true that USDA loans are income-driven? Yes, it is. So there's just so many twists and turns to all the loan types, it's hard to get all the info in there. But This is U- where you say, Michelle, call me. I'll call help me. you. Yes, I will direct you through all this. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like a landmine going through all the mines. Well, it can be scary because this is a big big purchase. I it mean, is. This, this is sometimes what people use for a savings account. So this could be a huge purchase. And that's why it's good to talk to professionals. I would agree because we want to come alongside everybody and just kind of walk them through all of these parts because there is a lot to it. Um, but back to your question about USDA, there is a, because this program, it actually was this kind of nice tidbit. It was developed back during the depression. Um, It was devised by the government to help actually um, get people to buy houses in these small rural communities that were dying back then. And the program is still kind of geared that way. They never really changed their goal from that. So they want it to be for like your low to moderate kind of incomes. If you're a high income, they don't really think that you're the best, you know, candidate for a USDA loan. Um, There's two different USDA programs. There's one called a 502 direct, which is for very low to moderate income. And then there's an in one called USDA guarantee that is for moderate to somewhat high income. And um, we have to look at not only whoever is on our mortgage, but USDA states that the income limits, it's whoever lives in the home. So it's for, you know, Every single individual, even if you have like a teenage child that's working, we have to count their income. Or you have a parent that's living with you, we have to count their income. So it can be one of those, you know, kind of tricky ones to get through. Michelle, do you offer jumbo loans for the high-end buyers or do you offer um, no interest loans? I mean, or no, no, interest-only loans. We sure do. Um In the mortgage industry, um, VIP mortgage, we are only doing residential mortgages. So because of that, we really have to have about everything that you can imagine in the world of mortgages. So we do offer jumbos. Um, What's a jumbo for people who don't know? A jumbo loan actually is a loan where your loan amount is over a certain dollar amount. The industry changes it every year. So we just got it changed and actually increased as of January 1st. And now anybody that has a mortgage that's going to be higher than $548,000 is considered jumbo. 
And the jumbo loans are considered to be a higher risk kind of loan. Because of that, sometimes the interest rates can be a little bit different than what you're hearing publicized. Sometimes they're a little bit higher or they may um, you know, require a little bit more in closing costs, like extra costs to them. But as far as qualifying for them, they're the same. We look at how much income a person has, how much they have in debts, their certain qualifications, have to make sure they you know, can you know, meet the requirements of making that mortgage payment. But it really has to do with the loan amount. Um, it's really a popular program in your large metropolitan areas, like you know, where prices of homes are extremely high, like if you go out to California or like you're in New York City. We don't run to, into it quite as much here in the Midwest um, because our you know prices of homes are a little bit more reasonable, but we definitely still have it every once in a while. Let me ask you this, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Can I buy a house with no money? No money? No, I, ha- I don't have a penny to my name. Can I buy a wow. house? That's a big order. It's a really big order. And yes, 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 we can do that. The, the goal is to say yes every time, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes, you can do or can get into a home with no money whatsoever. What you're going to look at, though, is that we have to make sure you qualify. It's like with anything that has really great benefits, there's strings attached to it. So we would look at on zero down payment kind of loans. I already mentioned USDA is zero down payment. VA VA loans for your veterans are zero down payment. And then there is um, some first-time homebuyer types of loans through the state of Indiana um, called Indiana Housing Authority, where we can do a down payment assistance and do a zero down payment for a client. Each of those loan types, though, have different income limits, different credit score requirements, different interest rates, different thing, qualifications. So again, when we look at an individual's personal information, I'm going to determine, do they qualify for each of these different things and give them options and tell them, you could qualify for this much home under this program. You can qualify for a different amount under this one. And we try to educate and find out what's going to be the most comfortable for each person. And you mentioned credit score. What is that? Credit score. That is a hot, hot topic. Um, definitely if you're like, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm watching TV or commercials, what's your credit score or now, you know, watch it this way. Get it on Credit Karma. Get it yeah, on the internet. what about Credit Karma? Is that, I have so many people say to me, hey, my Credit Karma says that I have an 800 credit score, and then when it's pulled, it's like 720. I know. What is that all about? So in the world of credit, there are different credit models that um, are utilized to develop a credit score. In your revolving credit with your credit cards and your car loans, what they do is they look at shorter time spans to actually give you a credit score. So they're going to look maybe at your credit for the last five years, and then they're going to average it out and they establish a score. For the mortgage industry, because we're loaning out the highest amount of money compared to a car or credit card, we obviously have to use more conservative numbers. So we actually check your credit over a 10-year period, which lowers those scores out. So it's very, very deceiving. Um, Credit Karma, unfortunately, is not accurate. What you see as a credit score on your uh, credit card bills and online, they're accurate for those sources. 
Unfortunately, they are not accurate for the mortgage industry. We do have a lot of times a, a little bit lower, which is why we you know recommend and why you're you know having us you know talk to the you know public about this that they want to get to a mortgage professional as soon as possible so that you get that accurate amount. So if I if I'm John Doe and I'm coming to your office or on your app or you Mary would, Doe, okay, and you have an app I would assume as well to fill out mortgage yes. stuff. Okay. Yep. So let's say I execute that app, right? Boom, it's off to you. And let's say I've got good credit, good income, and I'm ready to go. How long is that process to get the pre-approval letter? And then let's say, how long is it to get an appraisal done? I mean, what? Is, how long does that process typically take? You know, every you know different phase of getting a mortgage has a little bit different timing to it. Like you said, you know, how long is it from here to here? Um, you know, when we, you know, the first step in when we were just talking about credit, when we pull credit. I can have your credit score back in five minutes. And that's wow. only and that's only if I'm typing slowly. If I'm typing fast, I can probably do it faster. Um, so we can get credit scores really fast and at least know that we're on the right track with you know the type of credit score we need for a loan. Then from there, it's you know a matter of how quickly can the individual get us their pay stubs and their tax returns and W-2s. Um, to review them, it doesn't take that long. Once I have documentation, I'm typically able to, you know, establish a pre-approval in 24 hours or less, um, because it, you know, we know what we're looking for, so we can usually get through it pretty quickly. Then, once they have, you know, their contract, you've got an accepted offer on a house, you're purchasing it to get the full loan approval. Which full loan approval means that we run it through an automated underwriting. Um, circumstance to make sure that, you know, it's an approvable loan, but that's not enough. The mortgage industry double checks, triple checks, everything. So we also have live underwriters that we're going to go through and they're going to double check everything that I looked at to make sure that I did calculate the income to meet guidelines. And they're going to check the credit and they're going to look at what you said with the appraisal, which an appraisal is just um, establishing what the value is of the home compared to what you're paying for it. You obviously want it to be worth more than what you're paying for. Sure. So, for example, if a house is for sale for $200,000 and I offer a million dollars for it, right? Yes. It's not going to appraise. So, UVIP is not going to give me that gap of $800,000 for that house, right? So, that it kind of protects your interest as well. It does. Yeah, we want to make sure that we're going to get our return on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, The mortgage industries were like, you know, the doom people were like, oh, my goodness, you know, we've got to look at this loan as if, you know, this person wasn't successful with their mortgage and we get that house back. You're right. We have to make sure that the house is worth it so that when we would have to resell it, if it was given back to us, that we could sell it and still make our money. So sure. Sure. Yep. On your credit rating. How low can it be to buy a home? How low can, can you, you go? go? How low <laughs> can you go? What's the lowest? The lowest, um, FHA states, and I say states, that you can go down to a 580 credit score. However, when COVID happened this year, COVID kind of derailed us a little bit. It made the, the market a little bit nervous about everything. And so they've kind of raised some of those scores. Right now, I can do a loan at 600 and do an FHA loan. The only problem is the interest rates and the um, closing costs are not pretty. It's very, very costly to do it. It's, I tell people we could do it, but it's not going to be something that you're going to be very happy with probably in the end. 
The best is if we can get that credit score up over 620, and 640 is truly where we're headed. We want to see 640 and higher, if possible, um, to do FHA, VA, and USDA. Um, and then for conventional, we like to see 680 and above for those. Um, the good news about VIP Mortgage, um, I have a staff of helpers, and they are my credit experts. Um, they work day in, day in and day out looking at credit that uh, we have a system that we can put somebody's individual credit in, and it'll spit out to us what steps they need to take to get to the next credit score. So if That's they're awesome. at 600, we can tell them, do A, B, and C. And in so many months, you can be at 620 or 640. Well, that brings up something I want to touch on. And we've talked about this in a previous episode. I have lots of people who I encounter who are buyers, right? And they go to talk to someone such as yourself, and then they get denied. And they just disappear. And I try to encourage them, you know, the mortgage person is not the boogeyman. They want to help you. And they're going to give you an action plan on what you can do. Because what I've found is sometimes people think that they've got it handled and they'll say, oh, I'm working on my credit. But they're attacking the wrong thing. They're attacking the thing that doesn't help them in the long run. Whereas if they spoke to someone such as yourself, you'd say, instead of doing A, do B, Mm -hmm. B would get you qualified sooner. So I'm just saying this to reinforce that if you are out there and you've talked to a loan officer and you get denied, do not hide. They're going to help you. Just they're going to give you an action plan. Follow it. They're going to help you every step of the way. Right. Our goal, and it, I know my mantra has been ever since I got into the mortgage industry, I want to help people get mortgages today, tomorrow, and in the future. So it doesn't matter to me if your credit is not where it needs to be today. If I can help you get there tomorrow or sometime in the future, that's where our goal is. I recently just had um, a loan close in December, and we had worked with this client for nine years. Wow. wow. Nine years. And uh, we had champagne at Good that for them. closing. Good they for made them. It. Yeah. They That's bought fantastic. A, they bought and built a new, brand new home, and so it was that was pretty exciting. Good for them. That's fantastic. Uh, I do want to touch on something else, Michelle. Um, you know, people throw out the words or the terms prepaids and points. Can you explain that to people? Yes. Um, In the world, you know, most people think I have closing costs. Most everybody's familiar with that. And so when you purchase a home, it's not just the down payment. Um, The down payment is what the mortgage loan type is requiring as your minimum investment to get into that home. Then besides that, you're going to have third party fees, which are your closing costs. And your third party costs can be... um, the cost to do the mortgage. The mortgage company is going to have a little bit of closing costs. You're going to have appraisal fees. We have to pay that appraiser to go out and value your home. Title fees, um, which are with a title company, they ensure the closing. They also will um, do the closing for us. And then recording fees. Those are kind of your third parties that there's people outside of the mortgage industry that we have to do those things to make it an actual mortgage. The prepaids are kind of a confusing part because a lot of times it gets wrapped in and called a closing cost, but a prepaid isn't really a closing cost. These are the individual's actual own monies, and it's to set up home insurance and property taxes. And so the mortgage industry, we have a lot of things that are backwards in our industry, but you're going to pay for the whole first year of your home insurance when you buy your house. But then we're also at closing going to collect a couple extra months 
of that home insurance because while you're making your payments every month, I've got to set aside one twelfth of your home insurance into an account so that next year I have enough money to pay your insurance again at the beginning of the year. So it looks like we're actually charging you twice for home insurance, but we really aren't. You're just paying the whole first year at closing, and then we're starting it out so that by next year, we have enough to pay the second year, and it just goes on and on. Property taxes are also kind of, um, they're the direct opposite. Indiana is a year behind, so we will collect a couple months. We figure out what your monthly amount is for property taxes, and we're going to set a couple months aside for that. And when I say we set aside, um, we set them into what's called an escrow account, which is just a fancy word for a savings account. And we hold that money in this escrow account for you so that we can, as a mortgage company, pay your home insurance and taxes every year on your behalf. You don't have to worry about it. They're always going to be paid and taken care of. What about points? Points. You know, um, in the world, we don't make really requiring points much, but it is an option. Um, It is to pay an additional cost to get a lower interest rate. Or sometimes it'll make up for your credit score, like I mentioned on the credit score situation. So one one point is equal to 1% of whatever your loan amount is. Okay. So if your mortgage is going to be $100,000, one point costs $1,000. That's in addition to those closing costs and prepaids we already talked about. And that point, sometimes a lender will charge that to get you a better interest rate. Or sometimes they'll do it because where your credit score was, they couldn't get you an interest rate without charging extra fees. And so they charge you points to get you an actual you know, interest rate for the credit score you have. Um, but we try in the industry anymore not to charge points because it's it can be very costly you know there's not a lot of hundred thousand dollar homes anymore they're more like two hundred thousand and three hundred thousand so that gets very expensive having to pay two and three thousand dollars or more yeah so michelle what are some of the challenges that you're seeing out there in the home buying process what i'm seeing the most for buyers is that they're having difficulty finding houses um you as realtors i'm sure are finding it difficult to actually find the houses too. Um, over the last couple of years, we're seeing you know a huge reduction in the amount of sellers that are selling their homes. And we've got lots and lots of buyers that want to buy homes, but there just isn't very much inventory. What that's creating then is that when my buyer, I get them pre-approved, I say, okay, go buy your $150,000 house. They go out in the market, they find you finally find that perfect house. It's 150,000. You know the lights are shining on it and everything. Well, the problem is there's anywhere from five to 20 other buyers in the exact same position. They were also looking for that house with all the lights shining down on it. So it gives the seller a lot of leverage. That seller gets to sit back and they look at all the different choices. Do they want to work with that buyer that has an FHA loan? Do they want to work with the buyer that asked them to pay $4,000 of closing costs for them? Do they want to do the loan where they have to sell their, their home before they get to purchase? It's really making it challenging for the buyers. If they need assistance from a seller, it's gotten very, very difficult to get that 
um, negotiated with the sellers because they have so many choices of buyers to choose from. Well, what I'm running into a lot, because I've got several buyers right now in that 120 to 175 price range, a lot. And what's happening is, is typically that price range typically is reserved for FHA buyers, typically, right? But what's happening is, is they're running into everyone who else was conventional and they can't compete. They just can't, they can't compete at all because, again, for listeners, the underwriting process is much smoother with a conventional loan than it is, per se, an FHA, or the appraisal process can and be a little bit different. And that's the perception. It sometimes depends. Sure. We have great you know, FHA buyers, too. It's just a better route for them. Bingo. Less poten- put it this way. Less potential headaches for the seller. Correct. Is the way I would probably put that. That is correct. So uh, they just can't. They can't compete. It is. And, you know, and that's where it comes back again, you know, isn't, you know, we look at individuals, can we get them to a credit score to where they could go with a conventional loan? Um, But there are the situations where there can be circumstances, maybe a buyer had a bankruptcy a few years ago, or a foreclosure, or some medical bills that were out there. You know, it was in their past, but it's still affecting their credit score. And there's a wait time sometimes before we can get them into a conventional loan. And so FHA really is their only option. And we just have to tell those clients, you know, keep the faith, keep trying. You know what? You might have to put an offer in on a lot of different homes, but just keep the faith, keep trying, because it's going to eventually you're going to find that seller that says, yep, you're the one. Well, and this this is going to reiterate again, people like Michelle are there to help you get approved. That's her ultimate goal. They want to help you. So don't shy away from it. They want to help you. Um, and, and so do we. You know, Real estate agents, we want to help you too. We want to help you find that home and we're going to do what we can to keep encouraging you to do that. Michelle, thank you for coming. Can you let everybody know how to get in contact with you? Sure. Um, my cell phone number. She has new cards. I do. Fancy I ones. Do. Yeah. They feel they really feel smooth. Like smooth and suede like... Um, but my cell phone number is 260-750-5333. Um, I can only handle one phone in my life, so I don't have a landline. I don't. I just have the one phone number. Um, the easiest way, though, also is through our online application. It's at mortgagebymichelle.com. And Michelle is with two L's. So mortgage at Michelle, or mortgagebymichelle.com is our online application. And we also have email. I'm Michelle S at VIPMTGINC.com. That's a long one. Um, that is a long one. I know. In our, in the name of <laughs> Which is a shame because the name of our company actually is very short. Yeah. V- What's the name of your company? It is VIP Mortgage. And Very I, important people. There you go. And or I person. will tell you, I've worked with Michelle, and she treats you like a VIP. I have, too. She's done a very good job. Well, thank you, you guys. I appreciate that. How can people get in touch with you, Carrie? Carrie Morningstar, 260-410-8294, or Carrie Morningstar, all one word with a K, at gmail.com. This is Tyler Morningstar. 260-433-5385. I'm on all the social medias. Just search Tyler Morningstar. There's not a lot of morning stars out there. There's Carrie um, Morningstar. There's, yeah. Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, TikTok, you name it. Um, that's it. If you guys got any questions, shoot us an email. We do have an email. I got us an email. 
sellingfwpodcast at gmail.com. So sellingfortwaynepodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, hit us up. Got yes, questions. Send us some, send us some questions. Um, also, get a hold of Michelle. Regardless of what, what you're thinking, just talk to her. I'm, I'm sure she'll take your call, won't you? I will absolutely take your call. And it's just a consultation, so there's no requirements and no obligation. And she's not going to call you every hour afterwards. <laughs> I will try not to, no. <laughs> All right, thanks, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Thank you.